For months on end, consultants with an interest in privatizing St. Louis Lambert International Airport have billed tens of thousands of dollars while working to craft language underpinning an airport lease. Their chief antagonists have been working just as long, but they're doing it without any hope of a payday. Calling themselves STL Not For Sale, the group of gadflies has been a familiar presence at public forums. They want to force a public vote on a deal that Mayor Lida Krusen prefers to leave to the Board of Aldermen. Joining us to talk about it are two members of the group. Josie Grillis, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. And Chris Adelino, welcome. Hello. For those of you listening, do you support a public vote on an airport lease? What do you think needs to happen here? You can give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. Now, Josie, your group has been gathering signatures to try to force a public vote on an airport lease for more than a year now. Where does that effort stand right now? So right now we are working with Jobs with Justice to do data entry and just see how close we are to our threshold. Okay. So you're not even sure how many signatures you have at this point. Well, we know how many we have overall, but how many of them are valid? That's always the question. How many do you need to get? The, uh, there's two separate thresholds. Um, if we wanted to do a 5% of the registered voters from the last mayoral, it's about 9,500. Um, and if we wanted to do 7% to force a, spe- a special election, it would be more like 13500 So that's a big difference there. Mm-hmm. Do you have any sense of whether you're close to either of those numbers? Definitely to the first one. Okay. So so we could be seeing some sort of effort to get a vote here. Um, what made your group interested in airport? What made your group even form, I should say, to take on airport privatization in the first place? Chris Adelino? So we're seeing this trend across the country where municipalities, cities are coming into budget crises, especially coming out of the 2008 financial crash. You have to make up things. You have large um, numbers of municipal employees and their pensions are underfunded. So increasingly in what we view as short-term logic, they're looking at ways to get big paydays in the short term. So things like leasing an airport out for decades at a time with a large upfront money coming in. And what we're worried about is that these deals are being entered with with no real foresight, with no plans for the future and how that might shape out. There's a famous case in Chicago about 10 years ago with their parking meters where they were privatized and sold off to a company that got them for about 30% of the value they were worth. So we would we would hate for something like that to happen here where... And in that Chicago deal, it ended up resulting in um, a really bad deal for citizens. I think parking rates went through the roof at that point. Right. Chicago has the highest parking meters in the country. Anytime they want to close the roads or remove meters, they have to pay the investment group for the loss lost revenue. Um, And they think, you know, the group in the first 10 years made back their $1 billion investment. So they think they're going to make six to seven billion extra that the city had no idea. Didn't even see coming. No. And additionally, we we also want to put forward that there's no real reason that a privately managed asset is going to be more efficient. And we know the real deal is what they want to do is increase shareholder value, not make a better airport experience for the general public. And the way they are going to do that is either by increasing the costs that are passed on to the consumer for vendor fees, gate fees, things like that, or by 
pushing down wages for people at the airport, including you know a lot of labor unions that have presences there that have active contracts, but that would end up being renewed under the privatization deal. So you guys have some serious concerns about this whole idea. Now, the city leaders who've come on this show, they have said this just isn't the time for this discussion, that until we know the terms of a deal on a table, it's too soon to talk about whether privatization is a good idea. What would you say to that? I say that those two things are completely unrelated and that if you are trying to appease the people and say, oh, no, no, you don't need a vote just yet, but maybe you'll get one. We'll promise you get one. We're seeing that this deal, once they're getting into to seeing who wants to invest and when they see the offers on the table, by the time that there's an offer on the table, the city no longer has an incentive to include the people in a public vote. So we have to fight for that right for ourselves before it's the the last second, you know. Mm-hmm. And and having a public vote doesn't mean that the vote doesn't occur once we know what the deal is. But if we wait until there is a deal, then we're already on the menu. Mm-hmm. We've never been at the table. And I'm kind of questioning why public servants would be doubting their own capabilities to do their job and say that it needs to be outsourced to these private companies. At the same time, though, they're also arguing that why should they be outsourced? The Board of Aldermen um, were elected to represent us. Um, why not trust them with signing off on this deal? The mayor has said, even though she doesn't want a vote of the people, the Board of Aldermen would have to vote on this thing. Chris Adelino, do you trust them to make the right decision in this case? I think in addition to the, the signature gathering campaign, we are looking to to use that to build a pressure campaign on the Board of Aldermen. The, the real problem is that we've seen time and again that organized money tends to wield a lot more power in this city than um, organized people. So unless we really build a mass movement of people in the city to fight against privatization, I, I don't trust the board acting by themselves. Well, and even more fundamentally than that, the people own the airport. You know, St. Louis voters approved a $2 million bond in 1928 that the city used to purchase the airport and expand it. And um, you know, it's it's been supported by the city f- for almost the last hundred years. So why shouldn't the people who own the airport get a say along with the other four organizations that are already being included? Let's go to the phone lines. We've got a number of callers. I'd like to uh, talk to Dan calling from Midtown. Um, Dan, hi, you're on St. Louis on the Air. Hi, yeah. Hey, Josie and Chris, thank you so much for your tireless efforts for fighting for the citizens of St. Louis. Um, I've always been told to follow the money. Um, if we can follow the money of your organization and then follow the money of, the, of who is the opposition to your organization or who you are opposing, can you tell us a little bit about who's funding the other side and where you guys get your money from? Dan, thank you for that question. Um, who is funding your organization, Josie? Funding, such as it is. Um, Do you have any funding? We, Maybe that's the better question. We have some money in the bank account that we raised through a trivia night. Um, and uh, we have a couple of our volunteers who donate five bucks a month. Um, so basically, we've just had citizens who are interested donating money to us. Um, and it's all in our MEC reports. Yeah, we, okay. are, we are a registered PAC. So okay, can... so all your funding is disclosed. That's yeah, good to we, know. We've got about $4,500 total. Hey, you're swimming so. in money. <laughs> <laughs> um, and our opposition is being funded by a billionaire financier, Rex Singfield, 
at a cost of over $800,000 a month for these consultants, which is now over $12 million total. I think it's fair to say that even people who don't agree with you, and there's certainly a lot of people out there who, even if they're skeptical about airport privatization, um, they're still not sure this should go to a vote of the people. But even those people have to admit this is a David and Goliath kind of battle. You guys are definitely the underfunded group when it comes into this. But you guys are going to be putting on an event. Um, tell us, this is your first big event, right? What are your plans for this, Chris? So we're having a panel with four guests, including Alderwoman Kara Spencer, the 20th Ward, um, Tony Messenger, Post-Dispatch columnist, Ray Mundy, who's an academic that's looked at privatization, and Tyson Pruitt from the City Comptroller's Office. So we're really trying to make this not like a lecture where somebody's just telling you what to think. We want to have a conversation with people who have relevant expertise on the matter and hear from a variety of perspectives, really, what privatization is going to look like for the city and what that means for the public. Did you invite people who are in favor of privatization? Uh, we did extend an invite to the Fly 314 group. Oh, you did? And to the airport working group. And, and are they to going the to be director. coming? They have declined. Oh, okay. That's um, interesting. You're offering an equal seat at the table here. Yeah. So I, I sent personal invitations to the airport director and to Marlene Davis, who is the chair of the Transportation and Commerce Committee at the Board of Aldermen. Um, and then those invitations also went out to Travis Brown and Stephanie Lewis at Fly 314, Grow Missouri, um, and the Airport Working Group, which is a mix of consultants and city employees. Okay, and they've all declined to come. Mm -hmm. um, but it sounds like you have gotten, as, as you say, these people that have agreed to participate in this panel. Um, you've got an alderman, an older woman. <laughs> you have a Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist. Um, who's going to moderate? What's the what's the plan for the discussion at this point? So um, our our basic structure is like we'll just have the panelists talk a little bit about themselves and their area of expertise what they're bringing to the stage. But really, we want to open it for the majority of the time to the people to just ask their questions. Okay. Um, you know, what we see a lot in these Fly 314 presentations that have been done occasionally. These are public events hosted by the airport consultants. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of slides. It's a lot of talking in general, great buzzwords. Um, but they frequently cut off people who have questions or they close them down while people are still waiting to talk. And so we don't want that to happen. So we mostly just want to have have the audience be able to ask any questions that occur to them. So this is going to be a wide open forum, mm -hmm. basically. People are interested in coming to this. What do they need to do? First of all, when is it? Um, it's this Thursday, November 14th. It's at the Central Library Auditorium downtown. Um, and we ask that people just RSVP at stltownhall.eventbrite.com, mostly because the auditorium has seating limitations. And if anyone has um, accessibility issues, we want to be prepared for that. But it's totally free to come. People can walk in. Uh, doors open at 630 on the 14th, and the panel will start at 7. Okay, so that's all the information you need to know. And if people are interested in signing these petitions, um, I imagine those are probably going to be on site that night. Yeah, we're planning to have the petitions there as well as some postcards that folks can fill out to their aldermen or to uh, Lewis Reed, the president of the Board of Aldermen, urging them to support a public vote. 
Okay. We've got just one last question here. This actually comes in from Twitter. Ben on Twitter writes, could you ask the guests about concerns over airlines leaving Lambert if a private operator tries to push the costs onto them? Is this something that's that's on your radar? Are you worried about um, if some sort of deal goes through, this could actually reduce our service here? So as I understand the process, the airlines already had to sort of come to a, a tentative agreement in order for the city to move forward with issuing the request for qualifications. They've said they're okay with Yes. And so um, any, well, they said they were okay with set, you know, some parameters. Mm -hmm. But what if whichever bid is chosen, and one will be chosen because this is not just to see what is happening. The the mayor, when they applied for this, said the eventual transfer of the airport to a private operator. Um, Basically, the airlines, for one, they have veto power. And for two, they will have to approve They've already somewhat approved, and then they will be able to have veto power or approval on the final deal. So that should... Okay, so the airlines do have a seat at this table. The airlines are protected. It's really airline in this case, because I think Southwest has a majority control over the decision based on... it's The the voting power is based on the amount of freight or weight of of, uh, cargo you bring into the airport, and Southwest has a majority control um, at Lambert. So they have the uh, they have uh, essential veto veto power over any deal. Okay, and at this point they're not exercising it. But the, yeah. okay, it'll be interesting to see how all this plays out. So STL Not for Sale has its forum this Thursday night. Uh, that's at six thirty p.m. at the Central Library downtown. Uh, Josie Grillis and Chris Ottolino, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you, sir. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio ninety point seven KWMU.